0: That music signals it is the gardening program here on Midwest Radio. Good morning, Porik Horkin. Good morning, Deirdre. How are you this morning? I'm very good. I'm very good. It's a
1: beautiful autumnal morning, isn't it?
0: It's very autumnal, actually. And it was very autumnal uh, earlier on this morning, (laughs) perhaps before uh, you were up and about, but definitely when I was. Um, I went out, I left the house at about 10 to 6, and there was actually a bit of frost on the car this morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, just not much, but it was crystallised. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You can certainly feel it this morning. You know, it is a real crisp Crisp. autumnal morning. But, But, you know, according to the weather forecast, 13 to 14 degrees, that's going to be really, really good. It's going to be a very pleasant day. And I and I didn't hear the mention of rain, did I? In the weather forecast. There no. was
0: not a single mention of any <laughs> level of moisture or participation at all That's on great. that forecast. Now it is a forecast and not a gospel, but yeah. you know yourself. Yeah, well yeah, it, thinks, no. it does sound quite positive. For the oh weekend. yeah, and, and
1: this is the type of weather now to get out into the garden. I mean, it's been a reasonably dry week, so uh, certainly for for any sort of jobs in the garden, if people want. to dig their potatoes or, you know, start harvesting the fruit or b- cutting lawns or putting on sulphate of iron, all of those sort of jobs, today it would be an ideal day uh, to get those sort of jobs done because the ground has dried up a little bit. Or mm. if you want to plant some new plants, some hedging plants or fruit trees or planting in general, because I think I mentioned that for the last couple of weeks, it's really good planting weather. The, the roots of plants continue to grow through the winter season. So if you put in some new bulbs or some new hedging plants or roses or whatever, they'll actually start to root over the winter period and uh, they're in really good condition then for next spring. So uh, use the weather, use the good old, the, the weekend. I know we have a distraction on Sunday. Well, but- <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a bit, oh, just a minor, a minor one, one yeah, 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 yeah. So do any gardening today, I
1: suppose, is the message. Yeah, but it's certainly a, an ideal day to get back out to, into the garden.
0: Okay, well, if you have a few jobs, yeah, maybe the earlier part of the day, and then you'll have all those jobs done, and you'll be able to really enjoy what is uh, hopefully coming down the line tomorrow afternoon. Now. As you said, they're perfect time for that planting and loads of questions right. about sowing and okay. seeds and uh, different things like that. So we might get into them straight away, Pork. First of all, somebody has late raspberries and they're not doing very well. The leaves are going yellow.
1: Well, they're, they're going to start to go go yellow. Is it very late
0: for raspberries? I'm no, sure no. Is. Well,
1: it's, uh, there's, there's two types of raspberries. You've mm. got the summer fruiting varieties, which fruit kind of late June, July sort of period. But at this time of year, you've got a great variety called autumn bliss which, as the name suggests, Ooh. is an autumn variety. And the fruit have been ripening probably from the middle of August. Uh, and they're, they're they're really kind of going over now. The fruit should have been picked at this stage. And once you pick the fruit off autumn raspberries, that's the time to prune them back. So once you take the all the fruit from them, which you should be doing now, uh, because the frost will certainly damage them if, if we do get heavy frost, mm. uh, cut the bush right back to ground level. So within two to three inches of ground level autumn raspberries are cut back. If you've got the summer varieties, so varieties like Malling Jewel or any of the Malling varieties which you, you would have picked the fruit in in kind of June early July, um you only prune out the stems that fruited this year. So any young stems that are growing, you know, say a foot, 18 inches above ground level on the summer varieties, you leave well enough alone and you just prune out the older ones so the pruning and trimming back is slightly different but I would expect all raspberry plants as the temperature starts getting colder the leaves will start going yellow the chlorophyll starts to break down and the plants are going into dormancy and that's now is the time really to be cutting those autumn winter raspberries back it's a good time to plant raspberries actually and, and fruit in general in the garden uh, late september october is is really the fruiting time and it's the time to put all fruiting plants into the garden be the apples or blueberries or uh, mm. autumn raspberries or whatever blackcurrants okay so and you'll find your blackcurrants and gooseberries the the apple trees trees in general now once this temperature once you get those colder temperatures at night time the sugars start to break down in the leaves they start to go yellow and and that's just nature's way of all the sugars are going back into the plant. They're, oh, okay, that's yeah. what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. So chlorophyll is breaking down the green yeah. element. I mean, you know, you might remember from from the school I days. I do, yeah,
0: a little bit. That
1: in the leaves, the the colours are actually there, but yeah. the the chlorophyll masks the the uh, the yellows and the and the the purples and and so on of the foliage. And as that chlorophyll, chlorophyll is a sugar. As it breaks down in cooler weather, it returns to the roots of plants. So it's going back down into the stem. So that's what's happening now in all plants. And the colder the weather we get, the, the, the sooner, the it's, going sooner it's going to start. So that's going to re- reveal the kind of yellow and, and uh, purple leaves and, and uh, you know, the lovely Virginia creepers. That's why yes. they're
0: There's colouring instant, yeah. up at this time of and year. And you can really, actually, you can really notice the colouring on just leaves in general and on trees over the last week or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <sighs> yeah and that's, that's it's just nature's yeah, time. People, it is Things are going to sleep, yeah. That's the, that's the natural defences that people ha- or that plants have uh, as they go into the winter. Okay. They're that's going very, to sleep. Very,
0: we probably have similar defences ourselves a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now, somebody's verbascum and yeah. lupins. They're full of flower seeds. Can they save this to sow next year, or should they buy new seed?
1: Well, you you can do a little bit. Of both. remember that when you when you when you collect the seed of plants at this time of year. So if you've got a yellow verbascum, which is a lo- lovely plant, mm. um. The mullein is, is the common name for it. And it grows. it's a nice tall stately plant uh, and it produces thousands of seed. But if you've got a yellow verbascum, the, if you take the seed off the yellow verbascum, you you won't get yellow seed or yellow flowering plants next year. You'll get some, but there'll be a mixture of different colours. Same with lupins. If you take the, the flowers off a blue lupin, uh, the seed that you collect will... Be a mixture of different colours because they're cross-pollinated from other lupins around. But yes, the answer to the question is now is a great time. Late September is the time to collect seed in general. Mm. Uh, and it's just a matter of cutting the stems, putting the, the verbascum flower into a, a brown paper bag, hanging it upside down for maybe three or four weeks indoors in a shed or a garage. The seed will fall to the bottom of the bag. You just collect the seed and store it in, in uh, brown paper bags with a bit of the silica gel, you know the gel, yes. right? That silica gel that you often get in, in containers. Um, store Put a little bit of that into the container and then store them in uh, sealed containers somewhere in in the garage and you can sow them then the following spring.
0: Okay, so the silica now, gel I think keeps them, it keeps the moisture away exactly, from them. Yeah. it stops
1: them from rotting. It takes any moisture out of the air and, and keeps them really dry and that's what, um, that's what seed in general needs. People often used to store them in uh, Cupboards, you know the hot, uh, what do the hot, call press. hot press. That's the word, hot <laughs> press. And hot press, because you've got the ideal temperatures for storing seed. Yeah. Uh, now you can also sow the seed at this time of year. So things like verbascums and lupins, delphiniums, hollyhocks, the seed of those actually can be still sown if you have a, a warm windowsill a greenhouse a tunnel they are the sort of areas to sow the seed into compost cover them with a little bit of cling film the plants will germinate in a four or five week period so you'll have nice strong plants going into the spring of next year so that can be done as well so collect the seed again the same way put into a paper bag and then sow it about two weeks later three weeks later and you'll have nice strong plants uh, as we go into the winter period and those plants should flower next summer okay very good. So there you go. So seed in general. So you know, any things like English marigolds, the seed can be collected. Nasturtiums would be a great example. Mm. The seed is falling off nasturtiums now at the moment, so you can simply just scoop uh, them up, scoop them up, put them into a round paper bag, and then sow them next February and March
0: indoors. Okay, great stuff. Now somebody has a problem, actually this is the second problem I've heard this week with wasps. I, oh, wasps, I suppose yeah, of course. Yeah. They, it is kind of coming to closing season for wasps it a little is, bit so they're probably fairly active. This person has a wasp's nest in a plastic tunnel. The wasps are very nasty and active at the moment and what would you suggest they do?
1: Well, remember with wasps, they, 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 entire, they, they build a nest, they build a kind of a paper and mash a nest, generally in a shrub or in a container or, or anywhere really, I suppose, and, and, and tunnel is probably a nighting spot for them. I
0: know somebody who has them in their attic now as well. Well, there you go. Yeah.
1: Now, the thing with, with wasps is they're not like bees in that they, they only the queen survives the winter period, so the, the remaining uh, wasps will die.
0: Right. Naturally. Okay. Okay,
1: so over now, of course, at this time of year, yeah, they're dying off, and of course, they're that little bit more aggressive. Yeah. They're attacking things like the fruit sources are way down, so they're attacking uh, apple trees and any sort of sugary substance. So, that's why they're coming into people's homes and so on. Mm. So, there's two things you can do. First thing is just leave it alone. Okay. And what will happen in the next three to four weeks is that the, the wasp themselves will die away. The queen will survive, and that, that starts the next generation next year, and, and generally, they move to a new nest. So, oh, I right. say,
0: she, so she doesn't necessarily so, stay well, in the nest yeah. that she and has if, at the moment
1: if they're in in the tunnel and you're not actively gardening and mm. doing a lot in the tunnel then I would suggest maybe leave them alone they're going to die off over the next three or four weeks if you want to use uh, a treatment to, get, to kill the actual nest you can use something like Provado or you can use the little smoke canisters you know that we talked yes. about before the fumigant pea they're a small little canister you light the top of it it excretes a smoke and that smoke has a treatment in it that will kill off any pests so it'll kill off wasps and you do that in the evening time as it's getting dusk the wasps return to the nest so if you do it around seven or eight o'clock as it's getting dark either with the Provado spray or with the fumigant pea a canister that will kill off the entire nest so okay. but but they are going to die away over the next three to four weeks. So if you can leave them, just leave them alone. Leave yeah, them alone, and, and they'll kind they'll of they
0: they'll go away of their own they accord. They will indeed. Okay, yeah. Um, they
1: they're beneficial to the garden. Was in their oh. defence
0: <laughs> <laughs> no I wasn't dismissing the wasps out of hand entirely I mean I suppose all, all creatures have a use or most creatures have a use of some description well the,
1: the, the, their use in the garden is that they eat aphids they eat green fly off rose bushes okay. and uh, you know they actually attack green fly that's their main source of food and because the green fly are dying away at the moment
0: they don't they're, have as much well, food.
1: And that's why they're, they're looking for other They're sugar coming sources. to your home, they're eating your apples, they're coming for other sugar sources. And mm. yeah, they're dying off as well, so they are a little bit more aggressive at this time of year. Okay. So
0: only if they're a real, real <laughs> yeah, problem. Use the
1: provado or, or the fumigant pea canister and th- that'll eradicate them and do it in the evening time and that'll see them off.
0: Okay. And the, so the queen then um moves She on overwinters.
1: To? You'd often see it, the Queen will often be and that's maybe with your friend with the attic. Yeah. The Queen can often will overwinter maybe inside in a house somewhere, somewhere in a shed. And and the queen is larger than the t- t- so people will often see a wasp in February. Yeah. And think you know th- that's unusual, but, and that's the, the queen, queen that has overwintered, and she starts a new generation. But all her workers die <sighs> right, away during right. the winter period. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? Yes, it,
0: no, it is. It, it's, it's actually fascinating, to be honest, the way that that whole thing works. Okay, that's wasps. Uh, we're going to move on to root slips. <laughs> Somebody, when did you say is the right time? So root slips do, take root slips from their roses. roses they have trumpeter right. roses yeah. in the garden Great that rose. flower very well, and they'd like to add a few more.
1: Well, yeah, trumpeter is a super rose. It's it's one of the old greedy roses. It's a really old variety, but a, a really good one. One I'd highly recommend people plant because it produces anything up to 12 to maybe 20 flowers per stem and it's a vivid red colour, doesn't grow too high and it's actually disease resistant so it's a, it's a, it's a really good variety to put in the garden. It, taking cuttings, now is the time of year to take rose cuttings in general but uh, quite easy to do, just take a, a foot long cutting so uh, about pencil thickness or maybe a little bit thicker, okay. strip off all the leaves strip off all the flowers and just cut it at a node at a bump so where you take a leaf off that's where the node is and you cut the the cutting just at that point it's a foot long dip it in a bit of rooting powder and you can actually put them out of doors so if you have a spare piece of ground in the vegetable garden put in some sand or grit and line the cuttings like soldiers one after the other backfill with soil leave them there for the winter and they'll start to root over the winter period and you've got nice young rose plants then for next year or you can do them in pots if you want with compost and perlite uh, but remember the rooting powder is important so dip the base of the root the, the stem into the rooting powder and then put it into your trench or pot and it'll root over the over the winter period now things like hydrangeas can be done at this time of year uh, forsythia poplars any of the fruiting plants blackcurrants gooseberries can all be taken from cuttings. so it's actually a very good time to Do. root plants from cuttings at this time of year
0: Okay, and uh, from roses to white thorn trees. Yeah. Uh so uh the white thorn, thorn trees are full of berries, and this person is wondering: can again a lot of sowing? Can they sow the berries for new plants, or do they take cuttings?
1: Oh, well, white thorn won't grow from cuttings. So, right, so, so the it's only berries only. Berries only. Um, and funny enough, they're they're a berry that uh, they're very fleshy berries. You know, yeah. there's quite a lot of flesh around the actual seed inside. Um. So the the trick is to harvest them now. Harvest them early. So so don't don't allow them to ripen too much because the flesh surrounding the seed on white thorn inhibits dormancy or, or not it, it actually creates dormancy in the right. seed so it stops the seed from germinating so the earlier you harvest it the better so now is a really good time to do that coming up to the end of september and um, you need to take the flesh off the seed on whitethorn mm-hmm. so the birds don't right, actually do that when they eat the berries yes, they take the flesh, flesh off, off and the seed the seed is cast so you need to do the same thing so take the flesh off the seed and a good trick with white thorn to test if this is the seed viable that if you drop it in water it should sink Oh right. So if this, if, if if any, so if you collect the seed, take off the flesh, throw them into a, a glass jar of water. Those that sink are perfectly viable. Those that float are duds.
0: <laughs> and we to have, many, to have you, could, many. you
1: could have up to ten percent or fifteen percent right, so depending you, on the year okay. of seed that's now, you know, I mean yeah. you can you, so that that's one way of, of checking that the seed is viable. So the, the healthy seed sinks to the bottom. The the other thing with, with uh, white thorn, then you need to sow them out of doors. Now you can sow them in seed trays, in mm-hmm. pots if you're only doing a few, or if you want to do a lot, set up a little ridge and sow the seed into the ridge, covering them with soil. It takes up to two years for the seed to germinate. So, what you'll find next spring is you might get 10% of the seed germinating. The following year, you'll get up to 80% of the seed.
0: Ah, oh, okay. So, it
1: does take two years. So, <clears throat> yeah, there's a bit of patience with White Thorn. Bit of a long term project. Yeah, then. and it might be cheaper, to be honest, in the long run, just to buy Beirut, Beirut plants. They're very cheap to buy in November and the nurses have done all this work for you so it can take up to two years for the seed to germinate and then they're going to need at least another year and a half before the plants are going to be ready for planting out as a hedge or as a tree or whatever but it's a good time yeah And, and i suppose this that's the point i've made in the last number of weeks that this is nature's time to sow seed so it's a very good plant time to sow seed to take cuttings to plant plants in the garden to put bulbs in the garden it's actually uh, 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 people often think it's springtime we, we yeah. do all of this but, but actually autumn now is, really, is the time really autumn is a good time yeah okay
0: we we'll mm-hmm. have one more um, question and then we'll take a, a quick little break somebody has a large lawn area and some smaller wooded areas and they're wondering what flowering bulbs can they plant into both and what care would they need
1: okay well in, in the wooded area you're going to have um, a certain amount of shade so you need to look at the, the shade loving bulbs as it were mm-hmm. and in the wooded area you'll be able to plant some taller bulbs as well because you're not going to be cutting the grass around that area. So first off, I would think of bluebells would be a great addition lovely, to yeah. their lovely. In a big lawn, yeah. Yeah. On the wooded area. Put them in the wooded area because yeah. they do get T- relatively tall, and uh, remember you're going to be back cutting the lawn again in March. So, yeah. so in the wooded area, bluebells, snowdrops, any of the narcissi family. The there's a lovely variety called pheasant eye, which has a it's a white narcissi with an orange centre. Uh, but any of the the white yellow. Uh, a multicolored narcissi mm-hmm. could be planted in the lawn uh, wild garlic could be put in the oh lovely yeah it's quite nice the, the um, lovely plant in, in a wooded area and tolerates the shade extremely well there's another great plant called Fritillarius which again are very good in shade they're nice nodding head, uh, heads of flower about a foot high and lovely in a wooded area so for me bluebells the white snowdrops Uh, Any of the narcissi family or daffodil family will do well in wooded areas Um, and particularly that one called pheasant eye. The wild garlic would be very good Um, and fritillaria would be very good. And then in the lawn area go for the really short bulbs or those that flower very early. So winter aconites flower in December, they're a bright yellow flower. Mm -hmm. Uh, Snowdrops again are ideal in a lawn because again they flower early and they have plenty of time to die back before you start cutting the grass. Crocuses. Are probably one of the best and um, they stay very very low and some of the dwarf anemones which again will be flowering late february early march but again are very low so there so go for the really short bulbs and early flowering bulbs for the lawn and bear in mind that you know they do need a little bit of time after flowering to die back mm-hmm. before you can cut the lawn um, and maybe some of the miniature dahlias would be ideal as well Okay. so there's plenty loads there's plenty of options there. Yeah, there there are really
0: Okay. we're going to take a quick break uh, you can keep your questions coming in for Porik uh, it's oh eight seven nine hundred forty one forty one. if you're texting with thanks to Brendan and all at CNC Cellular where switching your landlines to Vodafone is easy at any of their nine regional stores you can call us as well Teresa busy taking calls this morning on 0818 3055 and we'll be coming to a couple of questions on our email directly after these and that email address is garden at midwestradio.ie you're very welcome back. We've got a great range of questions all together. First of all, we're going to turn to the email, poric and um, mm-hmm. good morning to Ev, who um, had a bit of predicament during the week. Um, by mistake, two of the Thuya trees got uh, topped and they're around 20 years old. Oh, that's oh, right. unfortunate. And wondering, will they grow again? Um, they're planted in a flower bed with Plantex and gravel. And then what's the best way to uh, fertilise? Is it liquid or granules?
1: Right, well, it depends what, what we mean by topped. If they, if they it was only how topped is topped, <laughs> how topped, is topped. Oh, gosh. but look at it, if they're 20 years old if, if yeah. there's only a couple of even and it depends i suppose what tuya variety it is there are many many different varieties sort from of miniature small little varieties uh you know to, to tall conical ones like tuya smart mm. so it really depends on the variety but if there's only you know six inches of foot taken off the top then yes they'll be perfectly okay, okay. trimming them back if they're a conical variety you might lose some of that conical shape because taking the top off is going to encourage a lot of other branches to kind of kick into growth and and uh, uh, you know and, and stretch so you it you the, the bush or the the you may start to fill out a little bit but you can always trim the sides anyway but if it's only up to a first two feet of growth on the top of the plant then of course it'll be perfectly fine it'll regrow again from next spring Hmm. from next april onwards because conifers have stopped growing now and won't really kick into growth again until april in terms of the liquid feeding to be honest i wouldn't give it anything at this time of year because it is going into dormancy so uh, leave it well enough alone, start feeding it then in April of next year. You could use a granulated feed, even though you've got Plantex mm. on the soil, the, uh, the granulated feed like Sudden Impact will wash through the, the membrane. So you can simply put a handful of Sudden Impact fertiliser, say in the first week of April of next year, and that'll help the two years to, to kick into growth. Okay. But no, this should be perfectly okay.
0: Okay, well, good luck. Hopefully, they after twenty years, it will be a bit of a pity. (laughs) What were they topping? (laughs) Um, Now, Mm. somebody has mountain ash. A lot of mountain ash trees, actually, along the ditches in their area. They're full of red berries. Yes, they are. And can they sow the berries for new plants? Oh,
1: you can, absolutely. Uh, and they are, they're full of full of red berries uh, this year. So again, the same thing would apply, uh, like I mentioned, with the white mm. uh, You need to start harvesting them now over the next two weeks. Um, again, squash the bar- berries and get the, or st- squash the flesh and get the berries out. And then just sow them into seed trays or into containers out of doors. Leave them out of doors they will germinate uh by next to kind of late March, early April, and then you can transplant them wherever you want them to grow. Kind of by maybe this time next year. Okay. So yeah, mountain ash is very successful from sowing from berries, and it tends to germinate in the first year. So yeah go Great. out there and start collecting um, them it's
0: not okay so you wouldn't have the germination period of the the white like we had no with no the white, thorn. white
1: thorn can be it can be erratic it can take up to two years of white thorn with mountain ash you tend to find it, it uh, you know certainly 70% of the seed will germinate in, in the first year
0: okay now, again, more trees. Uh somebody would like to plant some trees in their garden, both flowering and leaf types, and their garden is in a rural area. It's medium sized. So okay, yeah. suggestions well,
1: please. well well again, again, I suppose the first thing again to say is it's a good time to plant broadleaf trees. Um for rural areas, I would remember we were talking about the Liquid Amber uh, a couple of weeks back. That's a beautiful tree for for autumn for uh, rural areas. Um it's a it's a it's a tree that looks like a maple tree, like a sycamore tree, mm-hmm. but it's got superb autumn colour at this time of year, so liquid amber would be very nice, and it's not a very large tree, so it's ideal for a medium, a medium to large garden. Any of the maple varieties are good as well: Acer drummondii, Acer century, uh, Acer crimson king. They're lovely foliage varieties, so the foliage is very colourful from March right through till early November. And remember that that leaf trees, trees with, with colourful foliage. Uh, uh tend to add more color to the garden than flowering trees because obviously you know you've got a a nine months period of leaf color mm. rather than three or four weeks of of uh, flower color. So the maples for me would be very good. Mountain ash that the listener mentioned earlier on, and there's many different varieties of mountain ash. Joseph Rock is a lovely red buried variety um there's some pink lady is a pink. Buried variety, and, and you've got a Sorbus occuparia, which is the common mountain ash as well. And again, it does very well in rural areas. Silver birch, and my favourite is one called Betula jacquemontii, which is a beautiful white bark, it's snow white. Um, and again, it's a small tree and it looks very well if you plant it in groups of maybe fives or sevens, and you can actually plant them quite close together. Mm-hmm. So you're creating that kind of mini woodland look. Uh, by putting in three, five, or seven silver birch together, and again, you could underplant it with bulbs, like we talked about yes, before. Yes,
0: that sounds gorgeous.
1: Actually, <clears throat> so they're they're really nice. And for listeners that have uh silver birch in their garden, a great tip is if you want to whiten the bark, is to power hose them. Is to take the power hose and actually. Power hose the stem and the branches, and um, you know, once you could do it anytime from now on, once the leaves have dropped, mm. and that really brings up the color in the bark. So, for me, really, the may anything in the maple family would be very good. Um, any of the liquid amber in particular is really nice. The uh, what else did I mention? The mountain ash, and there's many different varieties of mountain ash, a nice one called white beam as well, which has got nice white silver leaves. The silver birch, particularly Jequit, Betula Bechel- Jequit the Critagus Paul Scarlet, the pink thorn. Beautiful. which again it's a good rural yeah. uh, tree That's and, and hard, isn't it? it is indeed maybe some of the malice family as well the, the flowering crabs which again if you have some fruiting plants in the garden they're a great idea because they're ornamental in their own right some of the varieties have got, have got nice red leaves mm. or red flowers but they help to pollinate apple trees as well so there's a wide range to be honest of okay. trees available willows um, you know and it's a really good time to put trees in the garden
0: sounds fab yeah, there's great lots of suggestions I there. Enough. i enough. Th- I think maybe <laughs> sometimes too much choice um, can be a bad you thing, you know, because <laughs> it's very hard to make a decision then as to what's the best way to yeah, go. Yeah, and
1: I think I think broadleaf trees in general, yeah. uh, you tend to look better in rural gardens than the than conifers as such. You yeah. Know, than uh, than the thuyas or leylands or so maybe stick to to all broadleaf trees. I think it would look well.
0: Okay. Lovely. Arum lilies, uh, yes. Porek, um, only flower in large clump this year, should they cut them back to the ground?
1: Um, well, I would, if, it's, if, if they've got very few flowers in the clump, I would actually think about dividing that clump of arum lilies and now would be a good time to do that. Literally dig the entire clump up or sections of it and transplant it somewhere else because arum lilies, they're very vigorous by nature, they tend to send or grow into very large clumps and as they do and certainly as they get older, the amount of flowers tend to reduce mm. because... the plant is you know it's confined within within a tight area so it's often a good idea every five to seven years to lift the clumps divide them literally split them up with a spade transplant them into other areas of the garden and it tends to re-energize the arm lily and, and they come back into flowering again so my advice really on this clump is to is to dig it up divide it into two or three larger, uh, smaller Mm -hmm. pieces, transplant them somewhere else in the garden and you'll find, and you can put one back or two back into the existing hole uh, or three, you know, and space them out and and that will grow back over the next year year or two. It'll take a, a season or two for them to come back into flowering, but as they do, they'll, You'll get lots That's of a little
0: more They space. need a, a little
1: bit of splitting and that often happens with daffodil clumps and you know, we'd, you'd know, often hear us advising people to transplant or split rhubarb after yes. maybe 8 to 10 years. Plants tend to get exhausted and it's a great way of rejuvenating them and re-energising them by splitting them and transplanting them somewhere else.
0: Okay, great. Now somebody has a lot of green mm. tomatoes on their plants and right. they want to clear their greenhouse. How do they get the green toms to go red?
1: Right, well, how do you do that? um well, uh, of course and and I think lots of listeners will have this. I mean there's been the fruit has been ripening for the last four or five weeks mm-hmm. and and of course, you're going to get both red and green uh, tomatoes on the on the one plant. <laughs> but uh, to char- to turn them to turn them red, you simply can a simple way to do it is actually to take the tomatoes off now, yeah uh, put them in a, a paper bag with a banana.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And what do we find, why would you do that?
0: Oh, gosh, because the banana, bananas have a lot of potassium in them. Would that have anything to do no, with that's a
1: good, that's a, no, they do, but they give off uh, ethylene gas.
0: Oh, okay. They no, give off gas. Sorry, that was. that's not the chemistry it, class it, I it, took. It, it's, it,
1: so they give off this gas, and that gas helps to ripen
0: oh, okay. other the, fruit.
1: So if you want to ripen even f- apples, or if you put a banana close to them, it'll actually ripen them quicker, faster, because uh, because of the gas that's given off. And you know, the bananas take; they can get that smell, that ripe smell yes, bananas. That's that's of bananas. that
0: kind of sweet smell. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: that's that's the gas, here, that ethylene gas oh. that you're you're uh, you're smelling. So um, so that's one thing you can do. Okay. The second thing you can do with green tomatoes is use them in chutneys. Indeed, so they are, yeah they are usable yeah. you can you know don't don't get rid of them. Um, the third thing you can do is actually to take the entire tomato plant uh-huh. so pull it up out of the ground, leave the fruit on the the, the the plant itself and take the plant and hang it in your garage. So vine and all and and they recommend that the the, the nutrition that's still in the vine, uh, or sort of they tell me that the tomatoes you buy on the vine you know you can buy them now in a Well container. I know
0: the ones you buy on the vine are more expensive than but, the ones you the, don't buy on the well, vine
1: And they say they're, they're tastier yes, they're left yeah, on the vine Now yeah. whether that's true or not I don't know but certainly they will ripen on the vine if you take the plant literally root and all uh, and, and I mean shake off the mm. soil so literally pull it out of the ground uh, shake off any excessive compost or soil that might be on it and hang the entire vine with the fruit in the garage it doesn't matter whether it's dark or bright, the fruit will still ripen. And so over the next three to four weeks, go out every couple of days and you can pick off the tomatoes that are ripening. Okay. So they will r- still ripen on the vine if you take the vine out of the glass. So and,
0: and that'll allow you to <coughs> clear up your greenhouse then as well. Exactly, yeah. and you
1: can start putting in some, and I think that's exactly that's what the br- what listener like, well, that's wants the reason, to do. Yeah, otherwise yeah. I think they probably so won't leave them there. So the banana, try that. The
0: banana in, the bra- in, a, brown in, in bag, a brown bag. In a brown bag. With the tomatoes. With
1: the tomatoes. And, and uh, not in the hot press. Not in the hot press,
0: <laughs> no. I thought that was the answer earlier. No,
1: no, no, not in the hot press. Well they will ripen anyway. If you take right. them if you take them and put them into a tray and put them into a dark cupboard, they'll ripen over a period. The banana helps to ripen them faster. Okay.
0: okay. Very good. There you go. No, that's a good tip. <laughs>
1: Something new.
0: Yeah. Oh. Um Now, somebody spread autumn feed two weeks ago, and okay, there are areas good. where the grass is brown. They're wondering right. what they have put on too much, Sounds and like will it. the grass grow again? Yeah.
1: I mean, if you can you look at you can certainly fertilizer by its nature is caustic. It burns. You know, if you get it on, on a mm. wound or a cut, it'll it'll it'll, it'll, it'll scorch. So putting it on too heavy certainly will scorch the grass and uh, you get the browning, but that'll grow back again. So if the patches are very large, you could certainly reseed them if you want, and it's a good time to reseed patches in your lawn. It, the grass will still germinate even with a little bit of frost at nighttime. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like you've, you've in, in the autumn feeds, there's actually sulfate of iron and the sulfate of iron is there to help eradicate some of the moss. So When you put on an autumn feed, mm. not only does it green up the lawn and give it a nice color, it, it kills the moss. But because of the iron there, if you is in a, in the mix, if you put it on too heavy, you you could burn patches. Okay. So try and put the the autumn lawn feed on as even and light as possible. Ideally, it go through a spreader, not by hand, just to get a nice even application. And um, yeah, just watch that you are not overdoing it. And and if listeners are putting on sulphate of iron, which they should be doing at this time mm-hmm. of year to eradicate lawn the moss, moss. Yeah. again, be very careful that you don't put it on too heavy. Right. I often I always recommend that you you know always ebb on the side of putting it on. A little bit lighter, because you can always go back over it again, rather than putting it on too heavy. And do put it out either through the washing can or sprayer, or else through the um, the spreader. Okay. And we'll be asked how many spoons to, uh, so you you mix three Three tablespoons to ten litres of water, yeah, and Mm -hmm. just spray that on the sulphate of iron. Right. So and it, today would be an ideal time to get those sort of jobs done.
0: Okay, before you make your sandwiches for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, now, uh, is it okay to spray rushes or docks, or is it too late at the no, year? No, no,
1: it's 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 still fine, and it's actually a very good time of year for controlling weeds in general. Remember what I, I think I mentioned this uh, back in in the beginning of September that autumn is actually a very good time to get on top of weeds because they're naturally Mm. beginning to die back the sugars within the leaves are returning to the roots so the dock it has stopped growing it'll start to break down now and the the green leaves will return to the root and if you apply something like weed free 360 onto the foliage of docks and rushes at this time of year you get a very very good kill you get a better kill than doing it in the springtime so autumn is a very good time to use um to use weed killers and uh, particularly the weed free 360 if you okay. apply that now the docks would certainly would be dead in in 2 weeks yeah and just weeds in general there is a lot of weed there growth there are yeah so you know nettles, briars uh, anything like that will respond to, to wheat free 360 if it's applied at this time of year you get a get a, a stronger and better kill.
0: okay and you would want to get rid of them now because if you leave them oh they're and back they're, oh absolutely they'll be on full rev then come the spring, time.
1: absolutely they'll, they'll be back up again uh,
0: I've got a great crop of my autumn bliss raspberries uh, right. so when should I cut them back
1: well like I mentioned earlier yeah. as soon as you take the crop off them that's the time to cut them back and cut them literally to ground level I mean leave maybe an inch of the stem peeping over the soil, and, and then and clean off any weeds that might be there, and then just leave them alone for the winter.
0: Okay, we're going to take another quick little break, and stay with us though. We've lots more to come. You're very welcome back. Now, first of all, Porek, I wasn't aware of this, so apologies. And congratulations from all of us as well. Uh, somebody says to pass on their good wishes to you and all the team. You won the Home and Garden section in the Mayo Awards yesterday. We did indeed, yeah, yeah. We, uh,
1: which was very nice. The Advertiser ran a competition for the last number of weeks. So, yeah, Horkins and Turlock won that award. Delighted to get it. Okay. And, that, and it was actually the listeners and the and the customers that voted for the best uh, best garden centre or whatever Uh, so So, so thanks to them
0: yeah so well done absolutely this person loves shopping there Mm. and they want to wish good luck to the Mayo team tomorrow and looking forward to Sam coming home up Mayo right we'll go back to the gardening now after that Um, okay where were we at all there's lots and lots of questions this morning Um, can we recommend some different plants to create a hedge other than laurel or lilandii, something with more colour or some flowers or so berries. They're
1: fed up with the laurel aren't they? and yeah. they. Yeah. Yeah, well, look at this. There's a great range of plants um, that can be used. I mean, Fortunia red robin, one of your favourite. Yeah, plants. well, I think
0: it's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: there's a good plant. It's evergreen. Uh, it produced that lovely red foliage nearly all year round now mm. because of the mild winters, but uh, particularly spring, summer, autumn, it's, it's, it's very attractive. So that's one you could use. Holly. and there's many different varieties of hollies particularly if you're in a a kind of a cold uh, open area holly does very well Um, and there's some lovely variegated varieties and if you mix the varieties if you mix the likes of golden king with silver queen Mm -hmm. then they'll bury they produce a lovely berry. And the thing I like about holly as a hedge is that it's very, very easy to maintain. It's slow growing, so it is going to take a number of years to establish itself. But once it does, it's a, it's a doddle it's to mind. I mean, there's very, very little trimming compared to laurel or leylandii or any of the more vigorous mm. hedges. And of course, it's, it's beautiful all year round, but particularly in autumn and winter with the, with the red berries on it. Another good one for if they want berries would be pyracantha the firethorn we generally associate it as a wall plant growing as a, as a climber mm. but pyracantha m- makes a superb hedge and it's very thorny so if you've got neighbours you want to keep out or the, the, the neighbour's dog you want to keep out or whatever <laughs> uh, pyracantha is a very good choice it's, okay. a, it's a thorny hedge um, a little bit like white thorn but it's evergreen It retains its foliage in winter, produces white flowers in April, lovely orange or red berries then in the autumn. Um, So pericantha would be good. Cotoneaster, there's a number of different varieties of cotoneaster that do very well as um, hedging plants. There's one called Lacteus or Canubia, which are both um, evergreen varieties produce white flowers, red berries, make terrific hedges as well. So there is, to be honest, a wide choice of plants rather than the, I mean, laurels are very popular Mm. because they're evergreen, you know, and and it looks really well as a hedge. But there are other options you could go for. And, you know, white thorn makes a superb hedge as well. Now it is deciduous, but it it, it makes a terrific, uh, easy to grow hedge doesn't suffer pests and diseases you know it's a it's a really tough one as well Uh, so red robin would be good any of the varieties of holly and there's lots of different good varieties pyracantha the firethorn some cotoneaster varieties are really good and white thorn would be good and you could even go for a mixture say things like um field maple white thorn hazel uh some the dog roses rosa rugosa. um you know plants like that that would form a kind of an informal natural hedge now they are deciduous they drop their leaves in okay. winter but they give you that more kind of natural native look and and make uh, a an excellent not as cultivated
0: hedge. looking i no, suppose no exactly it's maybe, yeah, yeah. it's
1: more kind of a a, a natural wild yeah. hedge um kind of a native Irish hedge, as you know, beech would be good as well. Now, they are deciduous, so they do shed the leaves, but, but that could be used as well, just as some for, something for variety. You could add in something like the flowering redcurrant ribase, the ribase, which is lovely in the springtime, but it makes a good plant to put into a mixed hedge. Okay. So there's plenty of options, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Great stuff. Now, and staying with hedges for a moment, golden privet. Oh yeah. Somebody's wondering, will the garden centre have some bare rooted, uh, especially one called Jenny? Yes,
1: yeah, and yes, we will. Yeah. yeah, you're coming into the bare. Bare root means they're sold without pots, so they're growing grown in the fields. They're lifted in November when they're dormant, and then they're planted out, and they tend to be cheaper to buy. Yes. And uh, I did mention that actually. That, mm. That's a good good choice of plant. Um, the uh, golden privet there's green and golden forms so the golden is yellow and, and green uh, good easy to grow hedge survived the frost very well that we got a couple of years back um, and it was an old traditional hedge yes very privet, much so yeah. so an, an easy trim as well so now it is semi deciduous so if we get a cold winter it tends to drop its foliage remember that it's not totally evergreen mm. if we get a mild winter it'll hold certainly 60 or 70 percent of the leaves right. but in colder weather as a natural defense it drops its foliage but yes they'll be available Beirut and you're, the Beirut season starts from about the first week of November right through to the end of March
0: great we'll, we'll do horse's tail just one more right. time in 30 seconds <laughs> i know it's a big problem for people so oh, it's, and it's, it's
1: actually still very very green this year it's it's you know it has it has thrived and again yeah. it's down to the very moist summer like horsetail is actually a plant that grows in water you can plant it in your pond
0: if you, and, if and if it you will want grow it
1: if you want it yeah. and it will grow I mean it's that type you know it, it's so versatile but particularly in a wet summer like we've had mm. it has not stopped growing whereas in a normal summer well in a drier summer it would it certainly have exhausted itself by August it would start to be go, going back but if you want to kill it um, the thing to use on it is a treatment called dicoflower. and um, we generally use it on lawns or, uh, but it, it's very effective on mare's tail or horse's tail so that's a, a treatment called Dicoflar and um, It's a liquid, you mix it with water and you apply it directly onto the horse tail and that kills it off. Um, so dico flour is the one to use make okay. sure it doesn't get on your foliage, or the foliage of your trees or shrubs or whatever just apply it just onto to, the mare's It's just mare for stand. the
0: horse's yeah, tail it's not for anything else. It is,
1: no you will have to persevere with it I mean next spring you will get some re- regrowth and you, and you know if you put the dico flower on early in the spring you'll certainly nip it in the bud but that's the treatment to use it's very effective on horse so dico flower if you can think of that.
0: Lovely now somebody purchased some hyacinth bulbs at Horkins and oh, right, okay, all good. in the packet it <clears throat> says prepared, what does this mean? They want the bulbs to flower indoors, do they, they get the right ones?
1: Yeah, they did Actually, yeah. the 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 difference is prepared and unprepared mm-hmm. are uh, the prepared varieties are chilled. They're they're fooled into thinking. So, in the bulb factory in yes. Holland, they put them through a chilling process, which fools the bulb into thinking it's gone through the winter.
0: Also, it's going to come out, <laughs> so you're going to have it'll it'll come into flower sooner. It will. All right. So if you want if you want the ah. bulbs
1: flowering for Christmas, make sure that you buy prepared, prepared hyacinths. So that's they're specifically prepared to flower early. So if you're looking for them, to, I've often meant, I think I mentioned before about the children maybe at the classrooms mm-hmm. gr- uh, growing prepared hyacinths for Christmas gifts would be an ideal time. So make sure you, you look for prepared varieties. It just means they've gone through this chill, chilling process. They're tricked. They think it's February.
0: And they're they think for it's, all. Yeah,
1: and so if you plant them up, uh, they'll come into flower for Christmas. So they're prepared hyacinths. White, uh, what's the other one? Uh, paper whites are the other ones that you can grow for Christmas as well indoors. They're in the Narcissi family, and they they again, you can fool them into thinking it's springtime.
0: Thank- Oh, we're, we're, we're very mean to the plants. Um, can somebody force garlic to grow? Or gosh, we're forcing everything at the moment. Force garlic to grow earlier, like you mentioned with the rhubarb. They've a greenhouse and they'd like to grow garlic indoors. Is it possible?
1: It is, yeah. And I think garlic will grow. Garlic any- will grow, grow anywhere.
0: anywhere. I've garlic, so if I can grow garlic, anyone there can. There you grow go. Garlic.
1: Well, the trick with it is, if you want it earlier, is to is to. I mentioned last week when you're planting it, the normal way to plant it is to break up the clump into smaller cloves. So out of each clump, you might get five or six cloves, and you space them up to a foot apart out of doors Mm. if you want to force them indoors in a tunnel or greenhouse plant the entire bulb so don't break it up and plant it about three or four inches deep into the soil or into a pot in the greenhouse it'll start to grow over the winter period and you'll certainly have garlic by may or early june of next year
0: Okay, now I know we had another garlic question and I'm just going to have, see so you can find it. Yeah, they dug up wild garlic last oh, yeah. June and they set it in a pot. Can they plant it in a field now?
1: The can, but remember that they're, they're the ransoms, the wild garlic, and uh, it's the plant I mentioned for you know, planting in a woodland area. Mm. Remember that they spread very, very rapidly. Uh, both by seeds and by any kind of spreading of the bulbs so make sure that you put them in an area where you can afford to allow them to to run riot because that's what they'll do over a number of years right. they will spread and they'll cover the area um it's an edible plant do you, oh, do you it know is, that yeah, yeah oh, the yeah. wild yeah. 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 yeah so both the leaves and the bulbs are edible but um but yeah you know you can plant it out anywhere in the garden it grows very well in shaded areas under the canopy say of trees and um but do be careful that it doesn't Take Get over. Out of, yeah, you know. I
0: have seen it in woodland areas, yeah. and I mean, and, you know, when you go out into the wild like that, and that you come up particularly in the summertime or in the earlier part of the summer, there can be that you know that massive, fabulous garlic head yeah. smell hits you, not pungent, but just re- really lovely. Um, and but I've seen it, and it, it is. It, there's nothing else going on except garlic. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It tends yeah. to take over. Yeah. So yeah. put
1: it in an area that you can afford to allow it to spread. Okay. That's I suppose the piece of advice.
0: Right, is putting lime on the lawn any time now of any benefit to it? It's from not winter? a good
1: idea. Okay, lime, lime. I know people. You know. Farmers will say, yeah, they put the lime on. Of course they do. But grass, the species of grass that we use in lawns like an acidic soil. They like a slightly acid soil. Um, so unless your soil was extremely boggy mm. or or extremely acid, then yes, you could put a lime treatment on. But for, for normal lawns, lime is not used. It it, it just brings up the, the pH level too high and the grass starts to struggle. So, And, and to be honest, it putting on things like sulphur of iron actually helps to keep the soil acidic. Uh, so, no lime is not normally used on lawns unless the lawn is is in a very boggy, peaty natured soil where they where, they, where uh, there's the
0: too much acid in too it.
1: much acid in yes. it, and you just want to kind of sweeten up the soil. But no, it's not normally used on lawns. They're, I'm probably guessing that they may have moss in the lawn, and they think the lime is the solution to that. You're better off using the sulphate of iron. To be honest, okay, mixed up in water and is just it, apply it. Is hmm.
0: it is it too late to sow a lawn?
1: No, it's not. No, right. no. Um, no. As long as you've got the ground ready, it would be difficult to kind of uh, start digging soil and preparing soil now. But if you're ready to sow, and if you and I think I mentioned about sowing patches, yes, then no, it's not. No. You can you can certainly sow alone. the The seed will germinate at ten degrees, and you were telling me that tomorrow thirteen, 13 to fourteen. 15. So we still got the temperatures, and it will germinate over a three or four week period. Right. And then it'll do very little growing for the winter, but next spring then it's ready to go. So if you're ready to sow, then by all means get the seed in.
0: Is it possible to grow a grape plant in a tunnel?
1: Yes, it is. Um, It is, and and that's the place to grow it because, well, they will grow outside, but you won't get any fruit off them or the fruit will be very small unless you've got a very sheltered, sunny garden. So grapevines can be grown in tunnels, greenhouses. Remember, they're very vigorous. So train them up the uh, up the bars of the tunnel. So up the ridge bar, mm. up the roof of the bar and train it out on the side bars. So keep it tidy and keep it maintained because it'll put on anything up to 10 or 15 feet of growth per year. So it's very vig- vigorous. What? But a good time to plant them. They won't fruit for about two or three years. Um, and the, the first few years, the formative years, you're training the plant. You're training the shape of the plant mm. and then you'll get the fruit off them. But they're very successful and they're very good as well because they help to shade the other plants in the tunnel so they act as a kind of a, a canopy of foliage that just dilutes the light um, and, and, and stops kind of scorching of other plants during the, the summer months so grapevine yeah. Things like peaches you could grow in the greenhouse as well or nectarines uh, any of those are ideal for a glasshouse or greenhouse.
0: I always think they're terribly exotic. You know that you need an awful.
1: So, no, they're so easy to grow. Really? actually. peaches, nectarines, they're absolutely a dawdle. and they're actually very attractive. They're uh, in the cherry family, in the in the prunus family. So they've lovely pink flowers in the springtime. The only thing you have to do is ha- is pollinate them. Okay. I wasn't going to say get the rabbit's tail, but get a paintbrush and yeah. just, you know, and that's all you got to do. They're actually very, yeah. very easy to grow.
0: I love peaches. They're one of my favourite fruits. Yeah. Um, now, sorry, let me just go back here for a second. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry now, pork. Somebody is wondering about we talked about cuttings from uh, the old red robin. Well, it's, oh, it's sorry, now my little thing. No, is. I,
1: I We well, might have mentioned that. I mean, like it is a good time actually to take cuttings from red robin or things like hydrangeas mm. or you know any any of the kind of woody plants, roses. Any of those can be taken from cuttings at this time of year, and right up till mid November, the end of November, you can be taking cuttings from plants.
0: How do you kill bamboo?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to get rid of it, um, remember I think we had a question last week about it spreading, and it does spread by underground stems. The way you can you can simply put on something like um, any systemic weed killer will control bamboo. So uh, the weed free, weed free three hundred and sixty would be ideal. Okay. Apply it at this time of year, and you get a very good kill on bamboo.
0: Lovely. Uh, somebody has a poplar tree grown from a slip five years ago, but it's in the wrong position. Can they move it, and when should they do this? Yeah. No problem yeah. whatsoever. There's not a risk that they'll lose it. That's no, what no, 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 of. no, no, no,
1: no, no, no. If it's the variegated poplar, the one that's grown for the the, the foliage colour, the leaf colour, where it changes from white, from pink to white to to kind of a mottled colour, my advice would be to cut it back. You know, give it a good hard trimming back, dig it up and transplant it. And actually the pieces you take off the plant, you can put them in as as cuttings if you wish wish as well. But there's no problem transplanting poplar. They are surface rooting, Mm. which means the roots stay very close to the surface. So be careful when you're replanting it, not not to put it down too deeply. Now, I wouldn't move it just yet. I'd leave it till about the middle of October, leave it another month. Wait for the leaves to go off the plant. And that's your signal to dig it up, cut it back and then transplant it and uh, it'll it'll root no problem whatsoever. Poplars move very easily and it's a good actually time if people in general want to be moving plants, you know, if they're not happy with a shrub and they want to transplant it any time from October through till March is the ideal time to start. Once the plants have dropped their foliage or if they're evergreen plants, once they become dormant, which is about the middle of October you can start transplanting and moving plants around.
0: Okay, somebody has cabbage that has been eaten with caterpillar what will kill it safely?
1: Um, bug, bug clear um, you can get the bug gun and just simply apply it on and, and the cabbage can be at the following day so b- the b- bug clear will actually get rid of that. Okay. It's would very late isn't it for caterpillars but I suppose it's been such a mild autumn.
0: But I guess if we have a few nights with a bit of frost no, you will, will probably will get see them, them yeah, off.
1: Yeah and, and green fly and all that can still be knocking, bits of it can be knocking around.
0: Okay, uh, what, uh, would you know what's eating the leaves of rhododendrons?
1: well a couple of things can eat them um in probably the most uh, the most common pest is the vine weevil which each eats notches out of the leaves so you get this kind of characteristic U-shaped notch or munch gone out of the leaf so it's it's vine weevil and actually the, the, the younger vine weevil can attack the roots of rhododendron as well and um, again if you use uh, provado would actually be a good treatment to put on the rhododendrons and, and that will kill off a whole wild spectrum of, of um, foliage pests but it sounds like vine weevil in this in this instance so provado will actually just spray it on in the evening time and um, that will get rid of the pest straight away
0: Okay and last question what's the difference between rowan and mountain ash? Well there isn't, is there, No, the, the same, mountain, the same
1: yeah, thing? Yeah, the, 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 that's the common name. They're both sort in the Sorbus family, uh, mountain ash, but there are many different varieties of them. The, the common one you're seeing at the moment is the um, Sorbus acuparia, the lovely one with the, the red berries, which we commonly called we call it the roan or, or mountain ash, but there are lovely, some other really good varieties like Joseph Rock, Philmariana, um, you know, many, yeah. many good varieties that you can go for with different coloured berries and they're equally as hardy as the common roan oh, wow. tree.
0: Okay. I'm afraid we have to leave Isn't it there it? For, yeah for this morning but Are you going la- to the match? Uh, no I d- okay. I'm not a fortunate person that I'd have a ticket I, and I think I'd have to give it up for uh, to a Mayo else. person yeah. if I did have There's one right. but I will be watching the match and we'll be waving everybody as they're uh, spinning, spinning through Roscommon anyway tomorrow okay. on the way yeah so, so.
1: That's it till next that's Saturday. That's it until next Saturday. Next Saturday morning. Okay, all right.
0: Thanks indeed, Boric. Thanks, Good morning to you. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, we're back again next Saturday with Good Morning Mayo just after seven, and Poreck here after nine o'clock. Until then, have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Good morning to you, Michael Neary Up live from robe after the news at ten.